This message I'm giving today, I'm dedicating it to Randy. But also, if you could just show me a little grace on this one. Uh, if the theology is a little off, if you could wait for another day to correct me, that would be really, really nice. <laughs> so we've been in a series called Led, Living Empowered Daily. LED, not, not the stuff found in paint, but Led, Living Empowered Daily. It's the idea, and I hope you've enjoyed this series. I really have. The idea of fully embracing what it means to be spirit-filled, but also spirit-led, where God isn't just some idea that's out there somewhere. What was that, Bette Midler that talked about God watching us from a distance, right? It's not that idea, but actually that God is here. I mean, do you believe that? I I believe that as a Christian. The Lord is here, and he's influencing my day-to-day life. Again, Randy Ford would be the perfect example of this. Kathy Ford, the perfect example of this. But I'd also say so many of you. At that men's retreat, I was so impressed by you. Just real men of God who are allowing the Holy Spirit to influence your lives. And this is where it really is fun to be alive. This is where it's rich, it's, it's fulfilling, it's abundant, and it's fun. It's, it's fun. I, I think, and some people think I have too much fun, but that's just, it's life. Life is so much fun with the Holy Spirit. It's as you open yourself up to his empowerment. And again, it's his divine personal presence. But as you open yourself to him, you get this taste, I would say. And maybe some of you would agree you've had this taste. It's the taste of abundant life. You know what I'm talking about. The taste of abundant life. And that, by the way, is the life that Jesus died to give you. John 10.10, right? He said, I came that you might have what? That you might have life to the full. Other versions say that you might have abundant life. Did you know that's the life you were created to live? Like created to live. Don't let anyone else convince you otherwise. I mean, that is who you are in Christ. It's life to the full. It's abundant life. And it is only found, the life you were destined to live, created to live, only found in, with, and by the power of the Spirit inside of you. In fact, if you want to see a miserable person do not look to the person to your left or right but if you want to see a miserable person i'm sparing you one there look at someone try find someone that is trying to follow jesus and yet trying to follow jesus without the empowerment of the spirit that person will be miserable in fact it's like this light bulb this light bulb It was created to shine. It's literally what it was made to do. But this light bulb is never going to do what it was created to do. It will fail miserably every single time without the power that comes from electricity. Does that make sense? That's true for you too, church. That's true for you. You will never ever be able to live the life you were created to live without the power that comes from the holy spirit trying to follow jesus like the perfect one the king of kings the lord of lords to actually follow him to go where he's asking you to go to do what he's asking you to do to follow his commands on your own power in your own strength without his power it will never work have you tried i've tried it never works listen life spring 
I know I've said this before. I'll say it again. There is no Christian life outside of the Spirit-filled life. And if you're taking notes, you want to write this one down. The Spirit-filled life is the Christian life. The Spirit-filled life is the Christian life. You see this throughout the New Testament. By the way, don't take my word for it. Go home. Read the New Testament. Read those scriptures. Study scripture. You're going to run into people like Cornelius, Stephen, read about the Apostle Paul. All people who were changed radically by the power of the Holy Spirit. Read about Jesus' closest disciples. You know the twelve, right? But think about many of those guys. There's this undeniable change that occurs in Jesus' followers. Between who they were during his earthly ministry, right? As they walked with him while he was doing his thing on earth. Compared to who they were after his death, resurrection, ascension. After he asked the Father to send the promised Holy Spirit. There's quite the change. Have you noticed the change? But why the change? Because he had sent to them. One to dwell within them. A counselor. The helper. The comforter. John fourteen twenty six talks about. The Holy Spirit had come into their lives. That's the difference. The same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead was now living inside of them. And so just take Peter. Peter, who, you know the story. You've read the Bible. Peter, who had denied to a young girl that he even knew Jesus. He's now willing to die for his faith. In fact, they all were. And I'd say it's the prophecy of Ezekiel 36, 27 fulfilled. The Lord declares, I will put my spirit in you and I will move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. No longer did the spirit just come and go upon a select few. We've been reading in our daily reading plan through Judges. And and remember, we read that just this week. He would come upon people. But now the spirit has come upon us, but even dwelt within us. In fact, within anyone who's willing to receive him. And it was amazing. The spiritually reborn. The old is gone. The new has come. A new heart. A new spirit. Don't just believe the lie that you say yes to Jesus so you can just kind of be a nice person. No, you say yes to Jesus to be radically transformed. And the spirit comes in. And now you're empowered and equipped to follow Jesus. Come on and obey his commands. Praise the Lord. His divine power. Second Peter 1.3. His divine power has given us everything we need to live a godly life. His spirit. It's a night and day difference, isn't it? And he did that for his disciples. And he wants to do that for us. In fact, he is doing that for us. And again, Pastor Randy, such a wonderful example of all of this. Now, today we're talking about the fruit of the spirit. If you take a note, you might want to just write that down. Fruit of the spirit. Debbie did such a good job talking about getting filled and staying filled with the spirit. My wife did a wonderful job of talking about the gifts of the spirit but today the fruit of the spirit here's the deal i get it every sermon i preach seems to be on the holy spirit so i'm gonna try to shake things up today here's for you randy we're gonna not start with the verse that you all think i'm going to start with (laughs) open up your bibles to john 15 oh yeah john 15 shaking it up today John 15, we're going to start at the very beginning, and I want to read the first eight verses. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. 
He says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Verse 4, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do how much, church? Nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. But verse 7, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. How? That you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So powerful, isn't it? Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is. That bears much fruit. If you're in this room today and you abide in the Lord and he abides in you, no matter who you are, you will bear much fruit. He says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Can we all agree that this is probably an important passage for us, LifeSpring, to understand, to receive today? I mean, we got to get this. As Jesus followers, we got to get this, that we are to abide in Jesus, but also that he abides in us. Other translations say that we remain in him and he remains in us. And so if you're really saved, if you're saved in Christ, if you're new in Christ, I want you to hear this. This is your reality. This is who you are. There is no option other than this option. If you're in Christ, then you abide in him and he abides in you. But then listen to this. If you go just a chapter before this, chapter 14, verse 11, Jesus says that he is in the Father and the Father is in him. And so in a way that, I mean, I can't even truly comprehend. I mean, none of us can. As the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit have been in this eternal relationship, three distinct persons uh, that make up this triune God, Jesus has now invited you and I into that life. He's invited us into that relationship. We've been invited into this heaven meets earth divine space of a true eternal relationship with God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's absolutely amazing. But hear me out. It's from that place of abiding in the Lord where we are restored back to that garden relationship with our creator that we once again now walk with God. If you're taking notes, you might want to write that down. I talked about this the last time I preached, that we're now with the Lord because of Jesus. This is so key. I hope you can get it this morning. Because of Jesus, by the Spirit, we have the privilege of walking with the Lord. We can walk with the Spirit. We can walk by the Spirit. We keep in step with the Spirit, as Paul talks about in Galatians 5. But listen, track with me here, church, please. If we can follow, as you live with God, as you walk with God, as you're abiding in Him and Him in you, guess what happens? I mean, this is just the natural byproduct of walking with the Lord God for those who actually follow Jesus, for those who walk with Jesus by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit living within you, the natural, normal, obvious byproduct of living that kind of life with the Lord is guess what? It is a fruitful life. That's the natural, obvious, normal byproduct 
of a life that is walking in and with the Lord. If you walk with the Lord in a personal, intimate way, guess what? You're going to live a fruitful life. You just are. And my phone has been going off the hook. In fact, I have texts even now from people all people from all over texting, calling, emailing about Randy Ford. I went on. I'm not on Facebook. I went on Facebook. I was like, wow. Oh, my goodness. Talk about the understatement of the century that Pastor Randy lived a fruitful life. (laughs) But as much as that is true of him, I want you to hear this. That is available for every single person in this room. Every person. And so point two is this. The spirit-filled life is a fruitful life. It's a fruitful life. Abide in the Lord and you will bear much fruit. You just will. You don't believe me. I'm going to try to convince you. <laughs> because think about fruit. What is fruit? Fruit is the, really the evidence of what kind of tree you got. At the men's retreat, what did you say, Jesse? You said an orange tree produces oranges. Two points. <laughs> Let's see how the church does. An apple tree produces. Apple. Come on, isn't there one funny person that would say grapefruit or something like that? Yeah, bananas. Ha ha. Gotcha, Pastor Dan. <laughs> right? Come on, and this is where it gets exciting, and I want you to be encouraged today. Because if my body, if my tree is full of a bunch of good, like, God stuff. You know what I'm talking about? The old is gone. The new has come. I've been spiritually reborn. I got this new heart. I got this new spirit. I'm yielded, submitted to God. If my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, as 1 Corinthians 6:19 talks about, if I'm wholly yielded and surrendered to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, well, then guess what kind of fruit is going to be produced? I mean, come on. It's exciting, isn't it? I love it. Like it gets your heart stirring. It's exciting because if I'm living that kind of life empowered by the Spirit, and not just in certain compartments, but we're talking about the empowerment to affect our thoughts, to affect my words, to affect my actions. When I'm being influenced by the personal presence of God living in me, so much so where He is producing in and through my life the best kind of fruit well then come on who's going to notice who's going to be influenced by that who's going to benefit the most from that well now you can look to the person to your left and to your right because it's going to be your spouse come on it's going to be your children i love that trevin is here today surprising his mom with a mother's day gift thanks for being here trevin but it's going to influence your neighbors your co-workers In fact, every person you run into, the waitress at Red Robin, the checker at Lowe's, everyone and anyone. If I am truly a branch connected to the vine, then everybody I meet is going to come face to face with what? The most incredible, beautiful, good fruit. That is what? The byproduct of living in, with, and for the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. And here's really the idea, and this is something Pastor Randy told me. Maybe you were here. He actually preached this when we were at the old building. And he said, 
The idea is that the fruit would be so evident in your life. And again, this is how Randy lived. But it would be so evident in your life that you'd just be dripping with the fruit. To where if you went to someone and you gave someone a hug, that fruit would get all over them. Isn't that good? I, I, I love that. If you don't remember anything else from the day, remember that one. That's a randyism. That you would just be so dripping with fruit that if you gave him a hug, the fruit would be all over him. Because come on, I mean, that's how it should be, right? That's how it should be. Because again, the life that we're living in life, what kind of life is it? It's an abundant life. What kind of life is it? It's a life that is life to the full. Think of it this way. It's true garden living. True garden living. By the way, that does not mean like the garden that I tried to grow at my house. Kyla was living with us at the time. She knows what kind of garden I had. I tried to do strawberries, and I had like one little strawberry. You better believe I ate it, and I took multiple bites. (laughs) Peppers. Remember the peppers? I have a pic. I should have shown a picture of the pepper. The pepper was like this big. (laughs) And yeah, I ate the pepper. And it was, I just, I was like, don't, I can't eat two, only one, just not too many peppers. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a flourishing garden kind of life where you're dripping with fruit. I mean, supernatural abundance and fruitfulness where there's no way it's not going to get all over those around you. This kind of leads me to what Jesus said to his disciples in Acts 1.8. Because if you remember, before his ascension, he gave specific instructions. He said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. I want you to wait for the gift that what? That the Father had promised, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So they wait. But what does he say in Acts 1.8? He says, and you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. The key word, witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And we were talking about this actually in our men's group Thursday night. And I love it. And and Mark actually brought this up, that living a fruitful life where people see that fruitfulness in your life, that is one of the main keys to being an effective witness. And can we all admit that throughout history, Christians haven't always been the best witnesses to unbelievers? We haven't always been the best witnesses to those who do not know Jesus yet. And we've been ineffective. Why? Because when people see us, They don't encounter the garden of God. They don't encounter the fruitful abundance and richness of a life spent with Jesus. No, sadly, it's quite the opposite. In life spring, we won't be effective witnesses until the world truly encounters a transformed, fruitful life that has been radically changed by the Lord. Remember, as people of God, we have been transformed by the power of Christ. And if you've been transformed, then your life should look different. Your life should look different than the world. Your life should look more and more like, not the world, but like Jesus, like Christ. Our lives, and I get none of us are perfect in this, but more and more we should look like Christ. We are the ones who step up, right? We're the ones who take care of the widow, who defend the weak and the fatherless. We uphold the cause of the poor, hold the cause of the oppressed. 
And by the way, you don't do those things, you know, where you're just like trapped and stuck in some workspace religion where you're trying to earn salvation and do a bunch of good things to get saved and make it to heaven. No way. No way. Why do we do it? Why do we take care of the widow, defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and oppressed? Not because you're trying to earn your way to the Father, but instead because through Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the Father has come to us. And so we have the Father with us. And we have what? If we have the Father, then we have the heart of the Father. Do you have the heart of the Father, church? And if you have the heart of the Father, then the Spirit of God is going to stir you up for the things that He cares about. He's going to stir you up. It's just the natural byproduct of having Him living within you. He's going to stir you up. And as you walk with Him, as you abide in Him, as you sing to Him, as you live your life with the Lord, you're going to become more like Him. It's the natural, obvious, normal byproduct. You're going to become more loving. More compassionate, more caring. Jesus changes everything. Our thoughts, our words, our actions. A way to think about all this is that we become more like Christ. Point number three, write this down. A spirit-filled life is a Christ-like life. By the way, I'm not saying you are Christ. You're not Christ. The person next to you agrees. <laughs> Right? You're not. You're not Christ. But every day you're becoming a little bit more like him, aren't you? Because you've got Christ in you, the hope of glory. You're being conformed to the image of Christ, as Romans 8, 29 talks about. And you've got the helper, the comforter. You've got the counselor, the spirit living in you. Scripture tells us the spirit, one of his main jobs is to always remind you, just point you to Jesus, always reminding you of everything that Jesus has said, everything Jesus has done. The spirit always pointing you to Jesus, empowering you, equipping you with his attitude, with his character. It's like when I was a youth pastor here 13 years ago, one of my hardest kids, he didn't want to have much to do with Jesus. He, he had this Oh, man, don't you just love it when someone has a radical encounter with Jesus? And he's a tough kid, but here he is. You know, Jesus knows how to do what Jesus does. And, and he has this encounter with Jesus and an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I remember him telling me the very next week around a campfire, he said, where normally I would make fun of the people on the side of the street, maybe someone that's asking for money or for, for, or for food. He said, for the first time, and he used this word, church, a teenage boy said, instead... I had compassion for them. He said, I have compassion. A teenage boy telling me he had compassion for those that he used to make fun of. Well, who else was moved to compassion? Jesus. He was moved to compassion when he saw the hungry multitudes. He was moved to compassion when he saw the two blind men, when he saw the leper, when he saw the widow, each time moved to compassion. And when Jesus, praise the Lord, when Jesus came into this young man's life, the mindset and the attitude of Christ came to, and he was moved to compassion. Does this make sense, church? Moved to compassion. And with a Christ-like character. I just want you to hear this. This is the byproduct or you could say this is the fruit of living in and with the holy spirit and paul says it this way in galatians 5 but the fruit of the spirit say it with me is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control 
Against such things there is no law. You know what that sounds like, right? That sounds a lot like Jesus. And Jesus' people, like Randy and Kathy Ford. So here you go, church. I say this lovingly to all of us. But for anyone claiming to be empowered by the Spirit who is unforgiving, who's just really grumpy or impatient or out of control, I mean, I could go on. If that describes you at all, hear me out. Those who are filled with the Spirit have the fruit of the Spirit produced in their lives. You get to process that one with the Lord. But it's just the natural, normal, obvious byproduct of walking with God. And yet, I have noticed, no one in this room, of course, but I've noticed that some people who claim and are the loudest in their declaration of being spirit-filled also sometimes seem to be the last to display the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. It's sad, but it's true. None of us are perfect in this. I mean, we all have, every one of us has moments where we choose to live by the flesh instead of the spirit. We all have moments where we act out in ways we shouldn't. In fact, at the men's retreat, I said, guys, there's only one person who has ever lived on this life, uh, lived this life perfectly. And newsflash, it isn't you. (laughs) And it isn't me. It isn't me. But hear me out. Though you've made mistakes, though You've messed it up. I I feel like I mess it up all the time. But a person who is abiding in the Lord, a person who is walking in and with the Spirit, should then be the first to apologize. Should be the first to say, I'm sorry, and ask for forgiveness. The last phone call I have from Randy is Randy calling me because he had sent me something about something that was going on and he wanted to share it with me. And then he called to apologize. He goes, Dan, I should have never put that pressure on you. I should have never let you know. And by the way, he did nothing wrong. I was like, Randy, you did. No, I'm glad you told me and thank you. But even though he had not done anything wrong, he had such a spirit of Christ that if there was even a hint of anything that would have come in between us and divided us, he wanted to make sure we were okay. That's the last time I heard his voice was him making sure that we were okay. I also say this, you know, when people start coming here to LifeSpring from another church, and by the way, that's almost all of you. We almost all of us have come here from another church. So I'm talking to almost all of us today. Uh, If you've noticed, I, I usually ask you some questions, don't I? And they can be a little uncomfortable. But one of those questions, I just ask, hey, how's it going with your previous pastor? How's your relationship going? Because my heart is I want to make sure, if at all possible, that you've made the effort to reconcile and restore that relationship with your other pastor before you fully dive into community here. Now, I'm not saying you have to go back to that other church. I get it. People move on to other churches. Almost everyone in this room. But if you're a person of the Spirit, if you're a person full of the Spirit, a life that is producing the fruit of the Spirit, then you are going to be a person who, if at all possible, makes peace with your brother or your sister in Christ who used to be your pastor. 
And this is so important to me because I've actually had this happen too many times here at LifeSpring where people who didn't finish well at their former church within two, three, four years, guess what? They don't finish well here at LifeSpring. That whatever offense you left your former church with, often it's the identical offense that you'll end up leaving here with. And again, we don't have to be perfect in this. We all make mistakes. But I just, I feel this over my own life. At, at some point, like you got to drop the excuses, right? And drop the pity party. And you just got to stand up and speak this truth over your life. I am a person of the Spirit. And the Spirit is producing good things in me. He's producing good fruit in me. That is who I am. And if that's who I am, then if someone that I've argued with or I've grumbled against or I've gossiped about, well, then with a Christ-like attitude, I'm going to stand up. And if at all possible, I'm going to make things right because I want to live at peace within. Amen. Amen. I hope that can be said of us, LifeSpring. And I'll conclude with this. And this is so good. As I continue to process Pastor Randy's passing, as I consider how he lived this empowered life, this daily life of empowerment, can we all agree that that kind of life, like Randy's life, is contagious? (laughs) It's contagious. I mean, you wanted to spend time with Randy. You were never at his house like, man, this has just been too much Randy. Got to go. It was more like, hey, uh, what are you guys doing for dinner? <laughs> right? You wanted to be with Randy. You wanted to be with Randy and Kathy when, when you saw them. When, when, have you ever just, just think about it. Randy and Kathy just going to work, doing their thing. And you're like, I want what you have. Anyone else? Like in your heart, you're like, I want what you have. Kathy, that could be said of you. I want what you have. Church, that could be said of so many of you in this room. I want what you have. I, I see Jesus in you. I want what you have. Listen, today in this world, millions of people continue to destroy their lives, indulging in sin and darkness. Read the news. It's not working. But I also believe that people are looking for a different way. And of course, not everybody. But there are plenty of people who are hungry for another way. I've noticed this with the conversations with parents of Ava and Addie, really nice, amazing people. And these parents, they're curious. Before, when I would say I was a pastor, it was always kind of like, oh, you know. It's not that way anymore. When I say I'm a pastor, you know what they say? Well, what church is it and what time is your service? People are curious. And I believe this life spring. They're going to be drawn to God. How? When they see the fullness and the fruitfulness of the Spirit in you. And they're going to want what you have. You know, we're always wanting people to meet Jesus. But the first Jesus they're ever going to meet is probably going to be the Jesus on display in you. Did you hear what I said? We all want people to meet Jesus. But the first Jesus they're probably going to meet is the Jesus that's on display in you. You are the living model. Some of you are like, "Uh uh-oh. Well, you are. You're the living model. You're exhibit A. It's you. You're the example. Uh Uh-oh. No, you are the example. Declare that truth over your life. I am a new creation. I am a new life born again in Christ. And you, as you walk with him, you're going to show the world around you what true abundant living looks like in Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So as we conclude, 
and we finish here, I, I just say take a good look at your life. Allow the Spirit to examine your life. Ask that dangerous question. When people see me, what's the question? When they see me, do they see Christ? Right? Do they see Jesus and his character? Get really dangerous. Ask your spouse. Right? Woo! <laughs> right? Ask your spouse. Ask your children. But ask your coworkers, even if they're not Christians, you can still ask this. Like, do you see love, joy, and peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? You can ask a non-Christian that. You go, hey, so I'm a Christian, and these are things I really care about. Do you see that in me, in the way I treat you as my employee, or the way I interact with you as my friend? And if in any way the answer is no, well, praise the Lord. It says his kindness leads us to repentance. So he's not here to shame you or condemn you. He loves you. So let's use this time. And as the worship team comes on up, let's just use this time to say, Holy Spirit, we need you. In my flesh, I just mess this up every single time. But by your spirit, I know that your spirit is in the business of producing good fruit. So fill me up again with your spirit. That my life might produce the fruit of the Spirit. We need a fresh infilling of the Spirit. I was reading Ephesians 5 this week. And Ephesians 5 is all about this walk with the Lord. And he says we're supposed to live in a way where we don't indulge in the worthless deeds of evil. You ever indulge in the worthless deeds of evil? Right? The drive through at Jack in a Box. <laughs> I will take six tacos. <laughs> That's not good, church. <laughs> but, right, we've done that. He said, but don't do that. Don't get drunk with wine. He says, no, instead, you know what you need to do? Just daily, continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. As you live your life, just be filled. He says, sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs. He says, make music to the Lord with your heart. He finishes by saying, and give thanks to God. That's what I want to be. That's what I hope you want to be. Again, remember who you are and whose you are. And you are his witness. You are his ambassador. You're his representative here on earth. And so by his grace and his mercy, and in honesty and humility, just come back to the Lord. And choose to live for Jesus. And yes, it's a little messy. And yes, it all feels a little broken at times. But I believe this. As you live the empowered life, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, the world will see Christ in you. He chose to reveal himself through us. And that's only possible if we give him permission to fill us up, to change us, transform us, to produce in us the good, good, rich, abundant fruit. I mean, Randy's all over this thing, right? What a glorious example. And next Sunday, we are going to celebrate Randy. We're not even going to have like a normal sermon or anything like that. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. We're going to share stories. We're going to celebrate him. 
And part of that, church, is you just need to hear this from me. And, and I love what Pastor Jesse said earlier. But honestly, in our history at LifeSpring, I, I don't think we have a more influential leader at this church. That's just the reality of who Randy is. He has changed my life. He has changed our lives. I mean, I don't want to make him the fourth member of the Trinity or anything. He, he said plenty of things that some of you didn't like, so I get that too. <laughs> I got to have those conversations too. But man, the fruit of the Spirit, it's Randy. So let's seize this moment. I'm going to pray over us. If you can, just in a posture of receiving. Receive from the Lord to be filled again and overflowing in abundance, in joy. The scripture tells us in his presence is the fullness of joy. But that we would receive again. In fact, would you just stand with me? Let's receive again before we even sing. Receive again the Spirit of God. Just open up in a posture of receiving. Lord, we receive again. We need you. We need you. And in those places where I continue to choose the things of the flesh, I, I want to choose the things of the Spirit. I need my mind to be transformed. I need my heart to be changed. I, I need you, Lord. I, I need you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, again, show us that you're the helper. Show us that you're the comforter. Show us that you're the counselor. Show us you're the one, the same one who raised Jesus from the dead, that you're the one that is living inside of us right now. The same power, that resurrection power is living within us. Show us that again right now. Show us that, Lord. Not, not in, in, Sometimes we just get so confused by what that even looks like and where that gets expressed. But God, I declare over this church, over every person here right now, that the power of your spirit, like the resurrection power of your spirit, would be on display in their marriage. I declare that in the name of Jesus. That the power of your spirit would be on display in the way they parent their kids and, their, and they love their grandchildren. I pray that in the way they go into work on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday, in the way that they tip their waiter, that there would be such a, just a deluge of your spirit and a shakening of your spirit in our lives. Some of us, Lord, we are so rich in theology and yet poor in the fruit of your spirit. Would you shake us again, Lord? Shake us again, Lord. Shake us again. Break our heart for what breaks yours. That there would be such a fresh, a fresh outpouring, Lord. Even now, Lord, I pray in our mind's eye we could see the abundance of a garden life with you. The abundant fruit, Lord. The abundant richness and fullness and true garden living that you died for. You died for it. You didn't die for that anemic pepper kind of life. You died for a flourishing life where every person around us, when they, when they made contact with us, they would get the fruit of godly living all over them. They would have the fruit of the Spirit just dripping all over them as they encounter our lives. Do that again. Lord, my heart is so heavy today as I miss my friend, and yet we cannot deny the joy of the Lord that is in this room. And again, it feels like a dichotomy, but that's what you do, Lord. You show us how to have joy with tears in our eyes. And I thank you for that, God. I thank you for that, God. I thank you for that, God. Even as I said that, I can see Pastor Randy, where he would have tears and a smile at the same time. Lord, show us the richness of a life full of you, filled with you, where the people around us would see you 
in and through our lives. Fill us again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.